The Colts are going to be relying on some young blood this year at the safety position, and we're going to tell you whether that's a good or bad thing. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I am your resident credentialed media member reporting to you from the team facility. And Zach is the most wanted man in film review in Indianapolis. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, welcome, uh, welcome. Jake is the most credentialed. I saw people on Reddit uh, making some jokes about that. The most credentialed, all the credentials there right there. To I get some of that on Twitter, too. These are not <laughs> planned. I just, I say whatever is feeling right to me at the time. <laughs> I probably need some new stuff. So that'll be a new thing. Start sending us stuff on socials. New suggestions for what I should call Zach. Anyways. And what you should call yourself, what you should call yourself as well. I mean, credentialed, That's yeah, fair. we should get that in there. But like, let's get it's, some. It's not really cool to brand and label yourself all the time, though. Yeah, yeah. But all right, we'll, all right. We'll you give us some there. suggestions, guys. Give us some suggestions. That's what I'm looking for. On today's show, we are continuing, really wrapping up our positional uh, previews. We're talking about safeties today. Uh, we just had a, a pretty, a pretty good cornerback group. Now we've got the safeties. Uh, some more unfortunate news involving this group right before we record this thing, of course. Uh, but it is a young, intriguing group. Um, pretty strong up top in terms of potential uh, and smarts football IQ from these guys. And then you go down into the the roster bubble guys and you've got guys with over 600 snaps of experience. So uh, this is another group that should be really, really competitive come training camp, Zach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and just kicking off with these starters here, I mean, it's actually hilarious to think the most locked in starter in this safety room, the guy that I don't even think we have to even debate if he's going to be a starter, is a 2022 seventh round pick. <laughs> you know, that's that's the one we can't debate. I mean, his his only competition went down with an injury the other day. Uh, he wasn't, but Daniel Scott, uh, which we'll talk about later, was not going to really push Rodney Thomas for starting snaps. Uh, but yeah, Rodney Thomas II out of Yale last year uh, came in when Julian Blackman went down with an injury. I think he made his first start against the Kansas City Chiefs back in week three, which he came all in the team, during the game, I think. Yeah. 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 Of, of all the teams to make uh, <laughs> your first real, real time on the field or whatever against, against Pat Mahomes, arguably the best quarterback of this era. The MVP, uh, and, naturally. Yeah. MVP, naturally, the MVP as well. Uh, and he went out there and played extremely well. I know in a couple weeks later, he had his first interception of the year uh, against the Denver Broncos. He had a couple more interceptions. I think he finished last year with three. Uh, really nice deflection catch against the uh, against the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers late in the season as well. Uh, Ronnie Thomas the second man. I mean, when it comes to like draft steals and like huge impact players in like their their first year. Ronnie Thomas is like up there with a lot of like Chris Ballard, like great finds and stuff like yeah. that. And, and honestly, the way he started his career, it's looking like this might be one of his best finds he's ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Again, cause 
he got to he got to participate plenty in the preseason and training camp and everything. Kind of worked his way up the the depth chart. But this guy, you assumed it was going to take him a year or so to acclimate to the NFL because he kept switching positions in college. He played linebacker and cornerback. When the Colts drafted him, I think initially there was a thought at potentially being cornerback. Uh, he didn't play in 2020 because Yale had the COVID season. Uh, so just naturally, you expect the guy to have a little bit of a learning curve. And then, like you mentioned, lo and behold, three weeks in against the MVP in the middle of the game, here he comes. He makes a couple really big plays that were pivotal in the Colts winning that game. How the how the Colts, with how bad they were, beat the Super Bowl champion and the MVP, I don't know. Uh, but Thomas was a big part of it. Uh, and then, of course, Julian Blackman is the other guy that we're, we're referencing here. Uh, he's had a little bit of a rough go of it. Uh, in his final collegiate game, he tore his ACL. Uh, he was able to play in 15 of the 16 games as a rookie with the Colts, and he actually was really good. Uh, he had at least two or three picks, I think. Uh, closed a couple of games with with turnovers. Uh, the next season, he had the unfortunate Achilles injury during practice that ended his season prematurely. Uh, he came back uh, last summer, didn't really miss training camp time. And so I've been present for all of his training camps. That guy was outstanding last summer. Like coming off an Achilles injury, you thought he was going to be our, one of the top three best players on the defense with how he performed. Uh, he was banged up a little bit too. He had the ankle injury that opened the the door for for Thomas, of course. Um, but no, he he's been really good. He was a Swiss Army knife in college at Utah, and we saw that a bit late in the season. Kenny Moore goes down, and you figure, what are the Colts going to do at nickel? Well, you take a guy like Julian Blackman with great football IQ and experience all over the place. That's your new nickel for the last few games, and he played pretty well, uh, particularly against the Vikings. So. This is a really promising starting tandem for the Colts. Uh, again, Thomas is the one you feel more comfortable about because what we just saw from him as a rookie, but Blackman hasn't quite been able to stay healthy. Um, an interesting thing for me, and the Daniel Thomas injury kind of throws a, a wrench into it, is how willing Gus Bradley will be to use three safeties on the field at, at one time. Yeah, yeah, which we'll talk about more in the next segment. We talk about some of the depth guys, but with Julian Blackman, it's so interesting because you view him as the like big time vet in this room because he is. He's the most experienced player in this room in terms of Colts experience. It feels like he's been with this team forever. You know, he's tied for the young being like the youngest guy in this safety room. You know, he's only 23. Um, and I think he's turning 24. So I don't know if he's turning 24 mm. before the season starts, but like Trevor Dembo's 24. Oh, sorry. Nick Cross, Nick Cross, my fault. Nick Cross. Very young. <laughs> yeah. Nick yeah. Cross is 21, but besides Nick Cross, he's the youngest guy in this safety room. He's 23. He's the same age as Rodney Thomas, or I think he's a year younger than Rodney Thomas. Uh, same age as um, uh, who else we got there? A couple other guys back there, but he's younger than Daniel Scott was. He's younger than Trevor Dembo. Like he's a young player, despite, being the most experienced player in this room. You know, he's been with this team for three years, had a really, really good rookie season. Uh, he was, we thought that big breakout was going to come in his second year. And then the Achilles injury happens. And then last year he got stuck in this really tricky situation where when Rodney Thomas came in, Rodney Thomas, you couldn't take him off the field because he was playing really well. And then you were like, okay, so how do we get this guy on the field? Well, if you look at the other safety position, Rodney McLeod was having a career season and was a top three defender on this team last year. Like Rodney McLeod was phenomenal all season long last year. You could not take him off the field. 
So what were you going to do with Julian Blackman? And I know there was actually a lot of talk this offseason that if the Colts were going to be able to move Kenny Moore the second, which they did very much consider moving him, Julian Blackman was probably going to move to nickel. Uh, that that was kind of the team's goal uh, if they ended up moving on from Kenny Moore the second. Obviously, they were able to get Kenny Moore back. Uh, and then Julian Blackman now is going to be sliding in at strong safety. So again, a player like you said, in college, he played some nickel, he played some free, he played some strong, comes to the NFL moves around a lot, plays some free, some single high free under Gus Bradley, plays some too high uh, safety under Matt Eberflus. And now he's making a move to uh, this cover, this cover three, cover one scheme. And he's going to be playing that strong safety spot. So it, it really, hopefully you just really hope that he can get his, his legs under him again. He can find confidence. Uh, he can really settle into that role because the upside is really good with him. He played really well as a rookie and you've seen flashes in the field. It's just, getting him back to a comfortable place with his body and a comfortable place with his overall game on the field. So I'm optimistic about Julian Blackman. Like I said, he's still pretty young. I think 23, 24 years old. Uh, He's had a lot of games under his belt despite the injury uh, two years ago. So I'm optimistic about him, but I don't think he's far from a lock, especially with this new position change. And that's why I would say like, you know, Rodney Thomas, the second is the best we feel about the safety right now, because he's the only one in this whole group coming off a really strong season. The rest of these guys are coming off of down seasons, disappointing seasons, just no seasons at all. Yeah, I will say, I think an underrated part of Blackburn being out there and hopefully staying healthy is when you lose a Rodney McLeod, the biggest reason he got put into the lineup was communication and helping guys in the secondary be where they need to be. Blackman is a great communicator and leader as well. Uh, And he's now, of course, in his second year in this system. So if he can stay healthy, He's someone who is kind of an extension of the coaching staff out on the field. So that's a big deal as well uh, if he can stay out there. Next, we're going to talk about some of, you know, the next wave of safeties. Can any of the any of these guys push the starters? Uh, can they make it intriguing for Gus Bradley to put three safeties on the field, what have you? But first, a word from our friends over at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing. Thank you. Anyone? Uh, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. So do not miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And every day, as you want to keep hearing those horrible dad jokes and puns that Jake is making, make sure you have your alarm set every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning for episodes of Locked on Colts. We're going to continue our coverage of training camp and of this offseason. We're also going to bring in some special guests uh, in the following weeks to really cover this Indianapolis Colts team. So again, make sure you have those alarms set every Tuesday morning, every Wednesday morning, and every Thursday morning. All right, Jake. Jake, So diving into the depth guys in the safety room, and I think we got to start with the guy that I almost forgot about when I was saying my Julian Blackman age thing, and that's Nick Cross. You know, Nick Cross turning 21 years old this year, he was drafted to kind of be their strong safety. You know, he was drafted to be that starter at strong safety. He was a starter all through camp over Rodney McLeod. And then I think it was week two against Jacksonville is when he got yanked out of the starting lineup. Uh, And that's when Rodney McLeod stepped in and Rodney McLeod was not giving up that spot. And then there was a lot of 
behind the scenes stuff with Nick Cross. I'm not saying he did anything bad or anything like that. Like that's the last thing I'm saying here. We're not really going to get into it too much, but you know, it was a tough first season for Nick Cross, a very tough first season. Again, 20 years old. It's a tough adjustment to the NFL still being very, very young. One of the youngest players in the entire league. Uh, He had some run on special teams where he was one of the best special teamers on the entire roster when he got that run, but it wasn't a consistent thing for whatever reason. So just a disappointing first season for Nick Cross, but you can't really close the book on him because of where they took him in the draft last year in the third round. Uh, They traded up actually to get him. So I think the value was actually like an early third round pick for him. Uh, And then you really just can't give up on him because of the athletic ability and what he can be. You know, it's still too early to kind of give up on this, but it's more like we got to see something this year to kind of show that he belongs with this group of guys. You know, it needs to be him getting on the field, him earning some playing time on on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, That's going to be really big for Dick Cross this season. Yeah, and I mean, he's, of course, not someone who is slated in as a starter yet. He earned it last year, but I don't think their timeline for him is really too far off base yet uh, because I think it was probably a pleasant surprise that they were comfortable enough to make him a starter at the end of the summer last year. It just so happened, you know, they needed the communication out there. They got, you know, things didn't go well week one. That was their, that's what they built their whole offseason on was doing well in week one. It didn't go well. They yeah. felt they needed better leadership and communication in the secondary. He just disappeared off the entire defense, basically, uh, which was a little surprising. But, you know, if, if like you said, if he can show something now, I think that's going to be really beneficial. He certainly needs to because, you know, they traded up to get him. And they said, what, he would probably would have gone in the second round if he would have stayed and gone in this draft. So I think they de- they are going to remain patient with him. But it's a big summer, I would still say. Um, and with that, you know, I, I thought he's looked okay in, in these spring practices so far. I've, I've noted he, bro- he broke up a deep pass from Anthony Richardson to Brashad Perriman the other day. Uh, I noticed him out there doing a couple nice things. So he's, he's a good player nonetheless. Uh, but someone who the Colts were really high on, who people probably didn't talk much about other than from you on here last year was Trevor Denbo. Uh, and that's because the Colts, you know, they, they see a special teams ace right there. That was one of, you know, that was one of Bubba Ventron's guys. Bubba's not here anymore. Uh, but still, there's a lot of potential there for Denbo to be someone they can really rely on on special teams. Yeah. And just to add some more, I guess, information with Trevor Denbo, you know, Trevor Denbo, kind of a do it all guy there at SMU, played some linebacker, played some safety, could step in and be a punter. Uh, he did that at times. He actually did that in training camp last year okay. when Roberto went down. Uh, so he's he's also the emergency punter on the roster, which is funny. Uh, but yeah, last year, you know, the Colts really liked him. Uh, they, they liked him so much where he got injured before final cutdowns and they could have put him on IR and he would have been out for the entire season. You know, he would have been out for the whole year, like we're seeing with Daniel Scott, which we'll, we'll kind of touch on that again here in a second. We did a whole episode on Daniel Scott recently, so you know, it's we'll, we'll, we'll put that to the end of this segment here. But with Trevor Denbo, you know, they liked him enough to where they actually passed him through to the final roster or to the initial roster and then put him on IR so they could bring him back throughout the season. Uh, now, when they did bring him back, you know, obviously other guys had earned some playing time. Nick Cross was, again, excelling on special teams when he was out there. Uh, so Denbo was put on the practice squad. He did get some run, I think, against the Patriots uh, and also against the Houston Texans in the final game of the year. Uh, but What's actually really interesting about Trevor Denbo is he was on the practice squad when the Colts season ended. 
Uh, now, typically the Colts will try to get futures deals to all those guys, but those players also have the option to go sign on with other practice squads or to get picked up by other teams making playoff runs. And I was told by someone that Dembo did have an offer to join a 53-man roster for a playoff team last year after the Colts season ended. Uh, but Chris Ballard and then special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone sat him down and, and kind of talked him through their future plans for him and, and him maybe being a guy that can make the roster next year after a strong camp. So he ended up sticking it out in Indy. He really liked the the organization here, the coaching staff, uh, and his potential for the future in Indy. Uh, and yes, they lost Bubba Ventrone, one of his biggest advocates, but Chris Fowler does really like Trevor Denbo. They view him as a special teams ace type of player. Uh, he led the entire NFL in special teams tackles in the preseason last year. And while the injury kind of derailed that kind of carrying over into the season, I think when you're looking at this Colts team with a new special teams coordinator, you want guys who can be high level uh, coverage guys, you're like high level punt and kick coverage guys. So a guy like Denbo, I think there is a role for him on this team. I don't think he's going to be out there on defense too often, but he can be a high level special teamer that I know the Colts are pretty high on. So yeah, Trevor Denbo, it's it's weird to put him in this second segment of guys who have a good chance of making the roster and and kind of have an impact on the Colts, but special teams matters and Trevor Denbo is a special teamer. So I think it's going to be pretty big for him this offseason. If he can continue what he's been doing in these spring practices, uh, he can certainly earn a roster spot, especially as a special teamer. Yeah, and with the Daniel Scott injury, it's really tough to say whether it's Denbo or Cross that kind of benefits the most. But, I mean, for Denbo, that's, I mean, he already had a pretty good line to making the roster. And now it feels like the Colts can just be like, Nick, Trevor, you know, battle for it. You know, it's if, if it comes down to one more spot or whatever, they can really rely on these guys. It's going to be entertaining. I mean, the 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 safety special teams thing is not all always that sexy, but like in the preseason, I think these guys could really, really. I don't want to say put on a show because like it's it's backups and it's special teams, but I'm I'm kind of intrigued by this. It's one of those in the background type of battles that I think is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, and we're going to talk about in our last segment here, but I think there's another player who kind of factors into this yes. conversation with Daniel Scott going down. Because, again, Daniel Scott, uh, the fifth-round pick out of Cal, was slated in to be a special teamer and the backup free safety. Mm-hmm. You know, And the biggest concern with Nick Cross and Denbo, if those are the only other two safeties they keep, those are both more strong safety guys. They're not really free safety types. So then Julian Blackman would have to be your starting strong safety and your backup free safety. And then Cross would step in, I guess, at strong safety if an injury happened to to Rodney Thomas. So you kind of want to have different molds. You know, you don't want to just have all strong safeties in your secondary. So I think there is another guy coming up that we're going to talk about. So I'll I'll actually leave this segue here, Jake. Coming up, hmm. we're going to talk about some of the bubble guys that could make a name this offseason and earn that roster spot. All right, Jake. So I want to kind of leave this one off again because I was just really segueing into this guy here. But <laughs> Marcel Dabo, uh, Germany's you know beloved player here in in Indy, uh, came through uh, the international pathway program that the NFL sets up. Uh, he was on the Indianapolis Colts ninety man roster as the ninety first player throughout all of the offseason last year because through that program you kind of get a, a freebie with that player yeah. throughout the whole thing. Uh, and the big thing with Dabo is like he is an extremely athletic player, long, athletic, played a lot of corner throughout his entire career over there in the Euro leagues. Uh, and the Colts have moved him to free safety. And there was times last year, I remember you tweeting about it and you putting th- stuff up there like he was getting some run as the second team free safety at times last year. 
Uh, and now with Daniel Scott going down, Daniel Scott being out for the entire year and Nick Cross and Denbo both being strong safety types, Dabo has a really, really unique opportunity here in year two of this project player that they kind of project him to be, but in year two to earn that backup free safety role. And, and if he has a good camp, like I'm not saying that you cut Denbo for him, like maybe you keep five safeties like they have in the past, but there's a real opportunity for this Germany uh, player that was on the pathway program that was supposed to be a multi-year project to make the team in year two and, and maybe get some real playing time. Yeah, I think so, too. I was pretty surprised when he wound up getting, like you said, run with the second team at free safety because, you know, they had the roster exemption for him, including with the practice squad last year. And I kind of just assumed, I mean, he had a background in football before. He wasn't brand new to the sport. He was playing in Europe. Um, but I kind of assumed it would just be like, all right, buddy, come out here with everyone and just learn things. Like, there aren't really expectations from you but to learn but he apparently made a pretty strong uh, impression on them and earned some decent playing time. And personally, when you see him in a team like scrimmage setting, not necessarily in one-on-ones because those are kind of designed for the defense to fail. Uh, but when you look at him playing out there in 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s, he doesn't really get picked on and victimized like you would think. And like you see positive things from him. He looks like he's supposed to be there and he's in the right places. Like, that's not to say like he doesn't make some mental errors and stuff at times, but he, he's you can see plenty of guys out there over the years who are like, ooh, that they just probably don't have it. And he doesn't seem like that. Yeah. Um and the I think the really encouraging thing about that is he's super athletic. Like whatever their international pathway program thing, they had a combine and he like blew the doors off of it. And you haven't really seen that yet. So that's another part of his game that can still come along. I don't know with more confidence, a a higher comfort level, what have you, but that's still something he can show off. Uh, So I think that's pretty encouraging. My guess is special teams is going to, again, be the the doorway for him to get in. Uh, But like you said, he's more that free safety type. And Gus Bradley has liked to stick with his types at safety and, Sure, you might have four guys who can contribute at strong safety, but if they like this guy at free safety, he could be the backup, despite there being intriguing other strong safeties. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's got a golden opportunity. Um, just from what I estimated his timeline to be, it seems a little ahead of schedule. Uh, so he's definitely someone to watch this summer. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Again, I'm not going to say he's like a roster lock or anything here, no, but... No. You know, I can't imagine a better opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. He's going to get run with the second team because Daniel Scott went down. He's going to get a lot of run at that free safety spot. He's going to, you know, in practice, he's going to be going against Anthony Richardson. You know, I think, uh, I think it, again, it was another one of your tweets not too long ago where you said that Richardson kind of overthrew a pass and, and Dabo almost came away with the interception in one of these uh, practices here recently. Like he's getting run with the second team against, guys who might be starters you know Alec Pierce has been running with the second team at times too to run with Anthony Richardson so he's getting reps against Alec Pierce and Anthony Richardson uh, and some other guys as well so he's going to get very very valuable reps it's all about what can he show when the preseason starts up when the uh, the two uh, combined camps that they have with the Eagles and Bears uh, happen this offseason like what can he do in those to show that he deserves to make the roster because he if he can prove that he can be a free safety at least a capable free safety backup guy, 
I don't know how you don't keep him on the roster because they just don't have that skill set outside of Rodney Thomas II right now. So it's a huge, huge opportunity for Marcel Dabo. And and I think he's he's going to be up for the challenge. It's going to be really fun to see him this offseason. He's one of the biggest, like, again, with, with Daniel Scott going down, he's one of the biggest wild card guys to watch this offseason because he could be anywhere from another year on the practice squad to getting legit free safety snaps in the regular season. So he's going to be really, really interesting to watch this offseason. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, practice squad's a fallback. He does have that clear option to make the roster. Uh, but I definitely see him worst case being on the practice squad still because he doesn't seem like a lost cause, someone you can't develop. And plus he has Mike Mitchell out there and, and Ron Milas helping him out. So he's got some pretty good leadership there to help him. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some other guys out here. <laughs> it's, this isn't just a whole Marcel Dabo uh, segment, uh, but there are some other contributors here. Uh, Henry Black, who is actually a veteran. He didn't play last year. Uh, but he does have plenty ex- of experience in the NFL, uh, played with the Packers for 25 games, saw 361 snaps on special teams and 310 on defense. Uh, so that's this has been a guy who's not just a special teamer. He has plenty of experience in those first couple years uh, on defense. So that is that's a pretty safe bubble player, like someone who has 25 games worth of experience. Like that's a nice fallback. Uh, you're looking at Aaron Maddox. Rookie undrafted for agent this year. Uh, decent Raz, uh, 5'11", 203. Uh, being 5'11", is kind of the biggest knock on his Raz, not being at least nine, you know. Uh, but my favorite part about him, he's from the Campbell Fighting Camels. Love, great, the, yeah. love the mascot. That is perfect, is it not? You know, it's funny. You and I are definitely on the same wavelength. We just know each other too long, Jake, because my first little quip I was going to make when you pushed it back to me was like the fighting camels. Okay. Right. <laughs> like that's a, I put that it, is a great... I put it in the notes. <laughs> These undrafted guys, we, we got to tell you guys a little something about him. And I wanted to make sure you guys knew he was a fighting camel in the past. Hey, look, man, the Colts, they do a great job at finding defensive backs from these small schools that end up making the roster and, and doing some good things. Uh, obviously, George Odom from Central Arkansas years ago was an all-pro special teamer for the Colts. You got Dallas Flowers last year out of Pittsburgh State. It's like the Colts know how to find these small school guys out of, uh, you know, at the secondary position. So who's to say Aaron Maddox doesn't come out here and show some things at camp? Henry Black is clearly our Kevin Tolliver of the safety group where, you know, he's the second most experienced guy in this entire room right now. Now, does that mean he's definitely going to get a spot? No, but it can point to us saying, Hey, he's probably going to look better than some of these guys in camp because he just knows what he's doing at this point. You know, he's been around the league long enough to where he's going to be more comfortable in the training camp setting and maybe in the practice setting uh, than guys like Dabo or Denbo even or Cross even because he's just so much more experienced. So he can make some waves this offseason. And then you didn't even mention the best player in this entire safety room. I was leaving him for you. Yeah, Michael Tootsie from North Dakota State. What was his age again, Jake? You, You had his age down, right? He is 27 years old. 27, 27. Him and I are close in age. Yeah, him and I are close in age. <laughs> no, he's but, uh, uh I'm guessing he's a scrappy guy. 5'11, 189, <laughs> 27 years old, but signed to an NFL roster. Yep, yep. I was <laughs> my buddy who covers North Dakota State, he actually worked on the indie draft guide. So give him a shout out there, Jake Morley. Uh he texted me when the Colts signed him because they signed him right after the Daniel Scott injury. It was kind of just their it's their camp body replacement for Daniel Scott. Obviously, he's gonna get a shot, but 
it'll be tough. <laughs> um, Jake texted me. He said, this is a great guy. You're going to love just talking with him and, and just a phenomenal guy. Uh, but he's got the body makeup and the athleticism as you, Zach. <laughs> Same as you, Zach. And I was like, uh, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he can do in camp here. But Michael Tootsie, I'm rooting for him. Uh, the joke we had in the chat was, uh, <laughs> you know, we've never seen me and him in the same place. So who knows? it could be me. It could be me running out there as Michael Tootsie. But uh, yeah, I really no, I mean, can't this... wait to cover you as a player for the first time, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But uh, Michael Tootsie, multiple time champion there at college, starting at North Dakota State. He knows what winning is like. Uh, and if you're starting for multiple years as, you know, a 5'11", 183 or whatever it was, you know, you have to be doing something right on the football field, at least to get a shot in the NFL. So uh, if he can come in here, he can earn a spot on special teams. That'll be awesome for him. I'm rooting for him. You know, 27-year-old rookies, I'm I'm always excited seeing that with the new COVID stuff uh, and seeing these older rookies. So I hope Michael Tootsie has an amazing camp and he becomes our, our Forrest Ryan of this year. <laughs> you know, the Forrest Ryan that you come report back to us is having a great camp every single day. I will say the Colts are confident that, that there's something about him because he tried out for them during rookie minicamp. And he tried out for them last week during the veteran mandatory camp. So he's had two, two tryouts for them. And as soon as Daniel Scott, well, they already knew about Daniel Scott's injury, but you know, with Daniel Scott going out, that's who they brought in. Uh, so they've been kicking the tires on him for a month and a half. So they, there's something about him that they like. So uh, it looks like the odds are stacked against him, but for the Colts, they like him. So is he the oldest player in the secondary for Indy? Is Kenny? Oh, Kenny's over 27. Kenny, isn't he? Yeah, Kenny's got to be pushing 30. Um, yeah, and Tony Brown's, I think, 27 or 28. Yeah, too, Kenny so. and Tony Brown have been playing for like six, seven years. Um, <laughs> for real. No, they're, they're I think, no, they're no, I'm pushing laughing 30, but Toots, that's <laughs> crazy that, yeah, Tootsie's like the next oldest guy. He's a <laughs> the experience. They, they brought in the veteran safety. We were all looking right there, but every day is, again, be sure to set those alarms bright and early every week, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday until we get to August because that's when we'll go back to five days a week there in August. So all you beautiful everyday are set those alarms bright and early as we got some great content coming your way. And if you guys don't already follow at Locked On Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks two on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning.